Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. Long division sure comes in handy. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. Just say no to family values. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Pam Bentley. And I'm your other co-host, R.C. Weslowski. We're both here today. Yes, that's true. And then the next month or so, there's going to be some jockeying around. We'll be doing a lot of shows on our own. So we'll have one more next week where we're still in town, both still in town. Today, our guest is Tasha Reseno. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you could say hello. Hi. It's your first time on radio. It is. Don't be nervous. First time ever. Well, we'll get your nerves out of the way by right. having you do what you do so well. Let's Thank give you. us a poem. All right. <clears throat> I am dying. I mean, we all are. Like cars that tack on mileage every day, we are all heading somewhere, but I am the type to stare in the rearview mirror of those who pass and wonder if their past has propelled them forward toward something or someone or away from those who taught them what love isn't because we've all had those lessons that were disguised as nothing less than what we could only dream of, only to wake up and realize we forgot to set the alarm. A man I love once told me how he'd press blades into his arm and carve shapes deep into his skin. As he showed me bloody photos, my mind began to spin and I was overcome with guilt because I wasn't there to comfort him like a quilt right out of the dryer. As my eyes began to water, I asked him why he did it, knowing that whatever the answer wouldn't shift the immense weight in my chest. So I did my best impression of someone who understood and I wondered if things would have been different if I knew him then. I would have spent a quarter for his thoughts because a penny just isn't enough. I would have bought my way in just to listen to what his heart had to say. He said, you must think differently of me now. And the truth is, I did. So I said, I do. But if I loved you before I knew the you you were before, then give me a word that equates to more than love. Because there's something about pain that I find so beautiful. Like when a mother gives birth to her child, it's bloody and it's brutal, but after she's held it, ask her and she'll tell you it was worthwhile. Like the intersecting points on tile, I can't begin to count the amount of times I found myself falling in love with the parts of people they hate the most, or don't even notice. Like how Americans say Canada and restroom, or how a child's eyes bloom with the color of wonder when you ask them if they want to play. It frustrates me when people say, I'm not strong enough, or I give up. So I grab their hand and I place it on their heart, and before they can start to question my intention, I say, it's still pumping fine, so tell your mind to woman up and give birth to positive thoughts. It may be bloody and brutal, 
But anything worth having isn't easy, and this isn't me giving you a guarantee that thinking positively will help. Sometimes things won't end up the way you pictured them. Like when I showed up for my first day of kindergarten only to realize that it wasn't really a garden. Or when I thought blankets would protect me from monsters, it worked, and the problem was solved until monsters evolved into demons that I had to fight daily because they wouldn't only appear to me in dreams. It would seem that we're all running around looking for answers and cures to questions and illnesses that were given to us by those who never intended to answer or cure them. They were just curious. Passerbyers who didn't require a signature to max out our kindness. We gave them the pin to our hearts so who's to blame when they stole our savings. I guess what I'm saying is that we lean on shoulders that aren't strong enough. Hush secrets into ears that aren't trustworthy enough. Act tough when we're not and weak when we are. We are a scar that we don't want to heal because we want people to ask if we're okay just so we can say, yeah, I'm fine. Even though we're not. As children, we're taught to recite the alphabet. A is for apple and B is for bat. But what about A is for abuse and B is for bankruptcy, C is for cancer and D is for depression. We are suffering from a recession in realism. Nebulous neologisms are being birthed every day, but none will teach you to say how you really feel because we're being bred like sheep to flock together, but never to speak the words that burn our insides. So maybe this is a reminder. Set your alarm. Wake up from the dream because i am dying i mean we all are nice circularity there oh i hadn't heard that one before really yeah ah. that's neat i like that woman up <laughs> thanks yeah no that was uh one of the first poems i ever wrote and performed at a slam okay so that's always the one that i'm like this is someone says here the, do this and it's the starting point of everything i think for me so uh-huh. felt like this was a first for me so then that was kind of a first so it felt right to yeah. what made you write it uh you said it was the first one you ever wrote and performed at a slam did you yeah. write it because you wanted to go and perform something a slam or did you no, not write it because you wanted to write it and then you went oh i could take this uh, what made you write it I had this really weird moment where I just, for whatever reason, this line came into my head. It was just like, we're all dying. And I was like, well, what am I trying to say with this? Like, Mm -hmm. what does that, why is that in my head right now? So I just sat down and then the whole thing just kind of blew up in my face. And then that's that's usually how it happens with me, though. It's really weird. I just get a random line or a phrase or an image and I sit down and then I don't know what I'm talking about. But I feel like inside of me, something already knows. So then I just sit down and then the whole thing kind of blew up. Do you do that right away, like with that line, or do you have, need to hang on to it for a little bit and run it through your head, or do you just... Um, if I'm in a place where I can write, then I'll sit down and do it right away. Right away. Um, but sometimes I'll just kind of jot it down, and if I can't get to it, then I'll wait. Um, but a lot of the times I try and do it when it comes right away, because I feel like something's happening inside of me, and I just mm-hmm. want to get to it right then and there. But sometimes if I can't, I just go back to it. So I have a list of like random thoughts or lines, and then I just go back to them. I've heard that piece a couple of times, and there's a couple of lines that always um, make me kind of go off on a tangent and then have to come back to the poem. <laughs> and one of them is the um, that I always fall in love with the parts of a person that they don't that they hate or something. Yeah, fall in love with the parts of people they hate the most or don't even notice. Right. Yeah. Um, can you say more about that? Like, because you if the reason yeah. I'm bringing it up is because what you just said. Yeah. I get this line and then I write it right away because there's obviously something going on for me there. Mm-hmm. And so then that in the middle, it's kind of like it's almost like a place marker of the middle of the palm, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just I find that I notice really weird things that I think other people don't. So for me, like even in that line, like 
Americans always say Canada. And I always, I just like hang on to that. I don't know why I like that so much when they say it that way. So I think there's little things that I notice that people do or say um, that maybe they don't. And like for me, they're just, they're so big, even though they're not. So I think for me, like I've just always, I always fall in love with these small or strange or just quirky parts that people have in them that I think that they don't even know. So I think that's kind of where that came from. It's just like I notice myself noticing other things that other people wouldn't. Right. So it's probably where it came from. Well, and that's kind of how love is too, right? The, all the little quirky things that you love when you start to fall in love with somebody. And then yeah. those are the things that drive you crazy when yep. you're starting to think you're done. Am I, am I not right about that? No, it's true. <laughs> I'm with you on that. see what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes. You've never had that experience? <laughs> where it's like, or, or you get to the point where you now, you then realize when you notice that thing that that's going to be the thing that drives you crazy five years from now. Well, yeah. Like once you, like once it's over and then like you notice that thing happening elsewhere, then you're like, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it becomes a thing that you start to dislike more than you like because it reminds you of a person that you probably don't want to be reminded of anymore. Yeah. But either way, I try to, I tend to hold on to things like even if a person is not in my life anymore, if ever I do have those moments of something that would remind me of that person, I always have this moment of just like gratitude for the fact that they were in my life. And at that point, it was a positive thing, even if it's not positive now. I just mm-hmm. like to think that like I'd hope that wherever they are now that they're happy too. You have a very positive attitude to things. <laughs> like even when your poems go places that are dark, they seem to um, always have hope or redemption or love or gratitude or, or something in them. Is that yeah. something you've had to cultivate or is that just naturally who you are? Um I'd like to think that it just comes from a place of, uh, I was very fortunate enough to grow up in a very loving household. Um, and I think my parents definitely always ingrained in me to just be very thankful um, and to just love on other people. Um, so I think that's where I came from. Uh, and I think also a lot of my, like, I, I'm i not a funny poet, to be honest. Like a lot of my poems are always very emotional or they're heavy. Um, but I think that it comes from a place of me wanting to talk about things that maybe other people don't know how to talk about, but they want to. And then I just, it's always, it, for me, it's always about sharing stories with people um, in hopes that maybe we can work through something together. And then, like you said, there's always this, a moment of enlightenment or maybe just positivity or just encouragement. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I think it just comes from the way I was raised and just, you know, I just always try and be as positive as I can. There's so much bad going on in the world. I don't want to be another bad thing, you know? So just so is your family positive. listening right now? I don't know. I mm-hmm. I, I have, ha, part of me hopes they are, and then part of me is like, I don't know. Have, did your family listen, know your poetry at and all? Or? They do, yeah. I mean, they know parts of it. That was another uh, part of me growing as a poet and as an artist was being able to share things with my parents because, uh, you know, there's parts of you that come out in your poetry that other people don't see. Um, Mm -hmm. And so then I think for me, it was very difficult to be able to have my parents discover these other parts of me or other things about me, other stories or things in my life that they didn't know happened to me that come out in my poetry. So then that's been an experience in itself. Um, But they've always been super supportive and they've just always wanted to be there. But the way I told my dad, like, because I remember when I was doing competitions and stuff, he was like, I want to go, but I don't know if you want me there. And so I told him like, if I didn't, if, if ever you felt like I didn't want you there, it's because I'm worried about your feelings, not mine. Yeah. And there mm-hmm. might be things you might be uncomfortable with, or there might be things you might not agree with. 
So I'm thinking of your feelings, not mine. Because for me, I know you're just trying to be supportive. But at the end of the day, you might be uncomfortable. It's good of him to be aware that you might not want him there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, my parents are very supportive with everything. So. Do you have uh, brothers and sisters? or? I do. I have an older brother. Uh, he's six years older than me. Um, so my family is quite small here, though. Uh, it's just my parents and my brother. Um, and then all my family's in El Salvador oh, okay. and a bit in Toronto. So. Um, are you the only creative one in your family or is your, um, like, where does your creativity uh, come from in your family? Do you think? I think it comes from my dad. That's for sure. My dad has an amazing voice, uh, and he's always written songs, um, some poetry as well. Um, so I think it comes more from my dad. My mom has a great voice too. Both my parents are great singers. And I always say that I think because they're both so good that it canceled out when they had me. Mm. I can't sing at all. <laughs> so yeah. But you're giving voice in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so our guest today is Tasha Riseno. She is the current Vancouver Poetry Slam champion. Um, that just happened last month or yeah. about a month and a half ago. I know. Ago. It's not that long ago, but no. it seems like it was forever ago. <laughs> yeah. And, Start and, of April, yeah. Um, or end of April. Yeah. And yeah, so it's only, yeah. Been end of April. Month, yeah. That's right. And you're listening to on Wax Poetic on CFRO 100.5 Co-op Radio, Vancouver Co-op Radio. Um, let's hear another poem. Let's hear, you know. All right. You know, prove to us. Huh? Why is this uh, woman <laughs> the Van Slam champion? All right. Well, well since we're. actually proved to us, but you know. Since we're talking about <laughs> my family, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, share a new poem about my mom. Oh. <laughs> My mother's right pinky finger Looks like it's always trying to end a question Permanently bent like a head at confession She broke it in her teen years When she caught a baseball with her bare hand But the impact was so strong That its vibrations shattered through skin, bone, and ligament Leaving it twisted like a limp reed in the wind Her mother didn't have the means necessary To get my mom treatment so it healed But... Now it just looks like she's trying to get her fancy tea party on all the time. (laughs) If my mother's strength had a voice, its whispers would know something of the fire that burned the throat of Moses. Its tone just before a scream would be lightning before thunder. Its roar would be the silence that washes on the tattered shore after a hurricane of death, disappointment, or regret. My mother's chest contains a sunken Atlantis littered with equal parts treasure and wreckage. Some days, she finds the courage to lead us on an expedition. Every time, I show her how to swim all over again because her mother didn't teach her how to tread emotional waters, so I hold my mother's hand like a child grips a helium balloon. She guides me through the abandoned ships anchored in the harbors of her, each one a cluttered catacomb that we illume with oil lamp hearts, visiting the dark corridors where the corpses of her lovers and loved ones lie like pebbles that eventually stop skipping. She tells me of their once upon a times and we celebrate their lives instead of mourning their deaths, and it's when my mother cries. I understand that tears don't compromise your strength, it's just your body getting rid of water so that you don't sink your own ship, and then... Like a curator, my mother ushers me down an abandoned gallery to the right. Self-portraits of her baby blue period to the left. Canvases splattered with all the wrong colors of her youth. Pernicious pointillism and cruel cubism. And then the gallery becomes ink parlor and she's covered in tattoos transcribed all over the walls of her in invisible ink. Words that others callously carved into her mind skin that she has shed and thickened over and over like a snake. Her voice shakes like leaves rustled by a breeze, so I lightly trace the speed bump veins on her skin. They're a braille breadcrumb trail that leads us back home. 
I remind her that we must take time to come back up for air, and it's there that my mother sees her pain reflected back through the cinnamon mirror of my eyes, so she does what mothers do best, bends her lips into a tired crescent moon in an attempt to put my unrest to bed. I howl back like a wolf that has discovered an ally on its lone journey home. My mother is proof that time does not heal all wounds, but that you let, need to let them get some air, let them bleed. And when life throws you a curveball and you're gloveless and its impact knocks the air out of you and leaves you feeling breathless or broken, don't try and count the moments until your breaths are less erratic and the x-ray of your heart bones looks less like static. Just know that time is infinite and we are more finite and in it. Let the space between life and death be a constant bloodletting ceremony performed with ink and words and stories and lessons learned and remember that we all carry rooms, ruins, sunken ships and crumbled cities within us. We are all living relics and that is a definition of resilience. So on days when you feel like my mother's pinky, Remember that fingers can't lace together unless they are bent and that maybe our time spent on this earth is meant to be more of a question and less of an answer. Cool. Nice ending. Thanks. <laughs> I like that you told the story about your mother having her finger broken playing softball or baseball. Because when we get, because almost everybody has mother poems, right? Mm -hmm. Not surprisingly. Mm -hmm. You don't usually hear about that kind of thing in a mother poem. Right, like your mom playing baseball. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, you said that was a new poem. Yeah, very new. She's like maybe two days ago, three days ago. <laughs> premiere. Yeah. World premiere. Nice. Debut of my mother poem. <laughs> um, what, what, was the, what was the incident that made you write that in two or three days ago? What was the, you said there's a line that. Uh, it was definitely the idea that, uh, my mom's the strongest person I've ever met. Um, and I don't think anyone will ever change that for me. Um, and I just, I remember the first time she ever told me, cause I, her pinky is actually really bent and I always wondered why. And so I remember her telling me the story and she just told me so nonchalantly, like, mm. Oh yeah, you know, I caught a baseball and you know, cause she grew up in El Salvador. My family's from El Salvador. Um, and, uh, you know, she could, she didn't have a glove. They, you know, the kids like they couldn't afford those things. So they just played baseball and she caught the ball and it broke her pinky. And since they didn't have money or the means necessary to get it treated, it just, she Screw just kind of put up boy. with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember her telling me that she's like, yeah, you know, it just healed on its own. And I just remember thinking like, wow, like I could have never, you know, I would have been like, you need to take me to a hospital. You need to fix it. I can't just let this be that way. So then I remember just like thinking about my mom and her strength, like in my low points in my life, I just... I feel like I always channel my mom's strength when I'm mm. really down or when something's wrong with me because I think about everything that she's ever gone through and like in comparison, the things I go through and the things my mom have gone through, like they just pale. So I think my mom has always just been a source of strength for me. And so then I just, I think it probably came at a point where I was like at a low point in my life and then I was reflecting on my mom and everything she's gone through. And then just that image of the pinky, I think that's always kind of just been really representative of her strength for me. So mm -hmm. then that I think it just came from a place of mm -hmm. me being like, I need to empower myself through my mom right now. Mm -hmm. Good answer. Yeah. I heard you do a poem about your family that you said you hadn't done before um, at the Mike McGee and Friends thing yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And I thought that was a, a, just a really beautiful poem. Thank you. I really, yeah, it was, um, it was good. Yeah, that. Lot. That poem meant a lot to me because, like I said, my family comes from El Salvador. Um, and 
uh, I mean, in school, I've written about my family and like, but it's more nonfiction because I write a lot of memoirs or cultural mm. journalism, things like that. Um, but I had never tried to express my family's roots in a poem because I felt like it was such a daunting task. Like that's a lot of history, a lot of yeah. things to try and share in a poem. Yeah. Um, and uh, just one day I started writing about my family and I was kind of scared to. But then again, like I said, it just all kind of blew up in my face. And then I think it was really helpful for me to get that out. So I was just really thankful that I was able to honor my family in that way. And yeah, mm. I had never done it before. Um, so I was really thankful for that show because it, it kind of gave me the push I needed to write it because mm -hmm. I had a few lines started and I think I had written a little chunk. But for whatever reason, I just got stuck. Mm -hmm. And so I took a couple days away from it. And then that's when Mike had asked me to do the show. Mm -hmm. And then I was that was kind of the push I needed to get back into that poem. And then it just all happened from there. So now you're writing about your family. Yeah. Um, is there a big El Salvadoran community in the lower mainland? Um, unfortunately, there isn't. I mean... There's a Latin community, but we're all very scattered, mm -hmm. um, just kind of all over the place, I feel like, and everyone's from so many different places. Um, I think what helped me kind of just keep in touch with my Latin roots was that I did grow up in um, a household that we always went to church all the time. Uh, my dad was a pastor growing up and uh, of a Latin church, so that's what kind of helped me stay in touch with the Latin community was always, you know, at least once a week I would be in communion with these um, different people from different cultures. And it was really nice to kind of just, because mm. I think that's also the funny thing is when I, when I speak in Spanish, people say that they can never pick up my accent, like where I'm from. Cause it's so many because different it's people. So many different. Yeah. Like all my friends were from like uh, Colombia and Guatemala and like different places. So I never picked up just one accent because growing up, I learned Spanish in the church as well. I think that's what kind of taught me to speak Spanish. Cause it was always a Spanish service. Oh, neat. So I think that that's kind of where it came from. So now when, people, when I meet people and I'm speaking in Spanish, they're always really thrown off because they don't know where I'm from. Because they don't know the <laughs> accent or they... No, they don't know the accent. Oh, yeah, okay. they can't figure it out yeah. because I think I picked up different... Because also there's a lot of different words for different things. Um, and so sometimes Very I'm mixing different words. Mm. So, yeah. Um, oh, do you ever write in Spanish? Um, shorter things. Or sometimes it's just like a two-line phrase of some sort that comes to my head. But um, in that poem that Pam was talking about, yeah, I did a have times, a bit yeah. in Spanish. And I felt that that was really freeing for me in that moment to be able to do that. So I think I'm definitely going to be exploring that a bit more now that I'm writing about my family. Um, yeah. I wanted to tell you that there's two shows on, on Co-op Radio that like have El Salvadorian listeners. Oh, really? America Latina al Dia, which is at noon on Saturdays. Oh. And Rumba America, which is Sunday at 5.30. And it's it's bilingual. The Rumba America, she does it in both English and Spanish. That is So exciting. just in case people are tuned in to listen to you. That yeah, I you could go I'd on those I'm shows. I'm going to check that out. I, I, yeah, that's why I was thinking that you might want to get in touch with Carmen, who does America Latina al Dia, or oh. Sarita, who does Rumba America. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm so, gonna I'm gonna check yeah, those cause out. They do, yeah, because you know they have guests and things, and they do they do a um, music, current affairs, arts stuff. Yeah. Um. So what happens now that you are the? Are you doing any it, shows? Yeah, or anything tell us what it's up, like or? being the band slam GM. Um, I think I'm still trying to process it. Like uh, like you said, it wasn't very long ago, and I think it's just. I wasn't expecting that at all and then it happened and then I and then also but it happened at the same time that Sips was happening. So That's the Canadian Individual Poetry Slam Championship. Yeah. And so it happened and then I had like a day or two to kind of sleep and process things, but then that 
also happened right after. Oh yeah, because you were storm. You were you had yeah. registered to oh. be a storm. So poet. I was competing in that as well, and so then. I just was so thrown with everything that was happening and I was just really, I hadn't really, didn't really get time to process that. And then even with that, I had made it to the final stage, which I was like, I'd never thought that was happening. So then I just, there were so many things that were piling up that I wasn't expecting. And so then I think now I'm kind of finally starting to settle and like realize that this is actually my life now. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. I actually have this title. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what's to come right now. I mean, I'm just writing a lot. I'm getting ready for NPS and for other things. When is NPS and where is it? Uh, it's in Oakland and it's in August, the 10th to the 15th. And there's going to be a fundraiser in July for, to help the team get down to Oakland for that competition. It'll be July 25th, um, a Saturday. It's the marathon of poetry the slamathon <laughs> but you don't have to do slam poetry or do slam type stuff no, there's not slam poetry but um you can do any kind of poetry you can get people to give you money to do a slot so we'll tell you more about that when it's closer because all the details yeah. that's also that's gonna be a busy weekend because that's also the weekend that there's mash poetics on the oh, friday yeah. night and there's another mike mcgee and friends show on the thursday night oh, so yeah, it's like uh, yeah you yes. can just have a, a weekend whole, of poetry that's right and and finish it off with the fundraiser for was there a moment in the van slam finals where you realized that you might win it like was there like what was that like for you did you go in going oh this is great that i'm here i don't know that how well i'll do or did yeah. you strategize or like no. what was your thinking when no. you like rocky <laughs> no. or i totally went into that being like this is amazing. I'm so excited to be here and I get to share a stage with my friends because a There's lot of that people... positivity again. <laughs> a lot of people on this stage were all people I really care about and I was just so stoked to get to... Because like for me, the way I was thinking about it was like it was more of a show with my friends than it was a competition against other people. So I was like, let's just put on a good show and have fun with it. And the whole night, I was just having fun. Like I was not keeping track of scores. I was not counting like judges' scores. I never do that anyway. Because um, I feel like whether you keep track of the scores or you don't like it's still the same score at the end of the day so like I just don't like to psych myself out or whatever so I just don't listen to it and uh so I was not keeping track um in the first two rounds like I wasn't paying attention at all and for whatever reason I kind of was like I kind of thought I was maybe third or fourth that's where I thought I was and I was like this is cool like I'm just so excited I'm and then be on the team yeah I was like that's all I really cared about and then <laughs> after the two rounds uh, someone beside me was uh, keeping track of the score. And then they were like, so do you want to know how you're doing? And I'm like, I don't think so. But I'm like, I'm like third, right? And then they're like, no, you actually won both rounds. Like in the first two rounds, I was like, no way. Uh -huh. And then I was so excited because then from that point on, I was like, okay, I'm just on the team now. Like I didn't, yeah, even, yeah, but it yeah. was very close. So I knew it was like, I still wasn't keeping my hopes up that I would actually come in first because it was all really close throughout the entire night. Um, and so, yeah, I just went into the third round being super stoked that I knew at this point that I probably had a really great shot at making it on the team. Mm -hmm. So I just went up there for that third round just being like, all right, like I'm going to do my other poem. <laughs> and then when we were up there and they were calling the names and counting down, yeah. I was getting so ready to be like second or third. I was just like, okay, all right. And then every time they weren't calling my name and then they weren't calling my name, I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Do you think, oh no, I blew it. I'm in Yeah, place. I didn't even make it. Well, I was just like, what? I was like, why? I was like, you should be calling my name now. It's like fourth or third. Like yeah. there's no way that I'm like, I'm winning this whole thing. And I had, I did not think that at all. And then when it happened, I just remember like turning over to Simon Massey, who was right beside me. And I was like, this isn't real. And I was like, I'm going to cry. You have to hug me because I don't want people to see me crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kelsey Savage was sitting beside me because we were there as venue captains and she after the about 
three quarters of the way through the first round. She turns to me. She'd never heard you do stuff before because you were new to her. Yeah. And uh, she turned to me and she said, uh, what was that? Uh, Tasha? I said, yeah. She goes, she's going to win it. (laughs) She (laughs) predicted it. Like I was like, and she told me who was going to come in second and third and she knew. Yeah. That's when you go to a lot psychic of psychic abilities. Yeah, they go to lots of slams and stuff. So we're kind of, we're out of time. You only got to do two poems. That's okay. No, this has been fun. Okay, That's good. Great. I'm glad that you, uh, you're happy with that. I am. Uh, we want to tell you a little bit about some events coming up. The Writer's Studio Reading Series is tomorrow at the Cottage Bistro at 8 o'clock. Um, and then on Friday, speaking of Kelsey Savage, um, there is uh, the Lyceum's open mic, the June open mic at Christiane's Lyceum. Um, and she's involved with that. That is, it's at Al- Alma. And, it's Alma and Eighth. Yeah. Um, and then, do you have anything else to announce? Uh, there's a poetry slam on Monday. Cynthia French from Seattle is supposed to be the featured performer. Um, but it, 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 I don't know. That's about all I think that I can think of. I think there's something on Sunday. Poetic uh, Justice. Yeah, Poetic Justice is on Sunday, but there was also a, a book launch, I believe, earlier in the day at the Heritage Grill. And um, there's also some sort of reading at Havana, but I don't have the information for that. So we'll just leave it at that. And uh, next week we'll be having some people in from uh, Thursday's Writing Collective okay, for their Song Lab project. Um, and that is it for today it is thanks tasha for being our guest thanks for having me so glad you can make it me too tune in next for uh i'm well you have to say who you are oh that's right i forgot about that part i'm pam bentley i'm rc weslowski you've been listening to a wax poetic on co-op radio cfro 100.5 fm no apologies necessary coming up next You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO, 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?